0: Hi everyone, I'm Tara Mont, and you're listening to the Trust and Thrive with Tara Mont podcast. I created this podcast along with my blog and brand to hopefully inspire others to live their most authentic life. I truly believe that we all have the power to live a life we love and to do so, it's so important to be in tune with ourselves and be open to growing and evolving. I believe that once we can trust ourselves and our vision, that's when we can thrive. So with this podcast, I plan to discuss all things to do with self-reflection, personal growth, mindsets, and self-belief, all aspects that affect us in our everyday life. If you feel connected to my message and want to listen more often, I will be sharing one podcast a week, so make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode. So, for this week's interview, we're touching on a fun subject that we have not touched on before, and that is astrology. So, I've always been fascinated by astrology, the history behind it. And, you know, I think everyone loves a good, funny meme on Instagram, or just one that we see that has to do with our sun sign or moon sign. And I personally just think it's so fun so this episode is you know not to stir anyone's views or convince anyone to believe in anything if anything it's fun and focused on just learning more about astrology the houses the elements many factors that i think a lot of people don't really know much about so with that said on the show i interviewed lisa stardust a little more about Lisa. So, Lisa is a New York City-based astrologer who is known for her pop culture horoscopes. With an organic approach to creating personal magic, you will find her frequently using herbalism in her magic. Lisa acts as a guide for clients to help navigate them through finances, relationships, and other important facets of life. You can follow her on Instagram at lisa stardust astro along with Twitter and her website and all that information will be in the description of this episode. I really enjoy talking with Lisa because I'm such a fan of astrology and obviously not to the extent of (laughs) I don't say like I can't be friends with this person or I'm realistic about it I'd say but I definitely enjoy it and love a good meme and I'm really interested in my sun sign, my moon sign, my rising sign. And there are so many other components that go into our birth chart that I'm not really aware of. So we dive deep into that. We talk about the different elements, the different houses, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It was a fun one. So I hope you enjoy and, you know, keep an open mind if you're not into astrology. So with that said, let's get right into it with Lisa. Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me. Glad to be here and talk with you.
0: Of course. So can you just start off telling us a little more about yourself and what you do as an astrologer? Sure.
1: Um, my name is Lisa Stardust, and I've been an astrologer for over a decade, like 12 years. And basically, I also write a lot of horoscopes and a lot of articles for different publications as well.
0: That's awesome. And so what inspired you to start your Instagram page? I know you have a great Instagram page. I love following um, astrology accounts. So yeah, what (laughs) inspired you to start your own page?
1: Well, you know, I have to say that like, I'm always one who really is into pop culture, you know? So as like my generation, You know, I grew up with, like, People Magazine and, like, MTV, as we we all kind of did. And as a result, I really have always been, like, you know, really into, like, pop culture and, like, the news and, like, the trends. So basically, you know, when I started writing horoscopes, I really thought that it would be kind of funny to, you know, harness my movie buff vibe with horoscopes and sort of pull funny quotes from TV shows and movies and kind of really kind of like a throwback to like all the things that we remember so people will kind of understand how these transits will affect them based on like one quote you know
0: Mhm. I love that. Well, I guess you I could say that you're the first astrologer I've ever had on the show and I've always been so interested in astrology and I want to just know like what are some astrology myths you hear often that you maybe don't believe are true.
1: Well, I mean, the first astrology myth that I hear a lot is that, you know, basically people there's a lot of slander and hate going around based on people's sun signs, a lot of it isn't necessarily true. You know what I mean? It's so funny because there was this meme that I remember seeing a long time ago and (sighs) it was like, you're, what did they say? Like, you're a bitch because you're an Aries. It's like, no, you're just a bitch because you're a bitch. (laughs) It's really funny because, you know, I always think that, like, yes, there are some similarities that go on between people, But for the majority of it, they're totally, you know, everyone has their own chart and everyone has their own path and characteristics and ways that they deal with things and no one's the same. No sun sign is the same. No Aries is the same.
0: (laughs) Definitely. And the obvious factor that there's so many different parts of our lives and factors that make us who we are. So I like as much as I enjoy astrology, I also you know, I realize that too. That it's not just because of your specific sign, or you know. So, um, I want to ask you if you can explain the difference between sun sign, moon sign, and rising, because I know there are so many different layers. There are so many different ones, but I feel like those are the main three I hear about. And so, can you kind of give us, yeah, definition of each?
1: So, your sun sign, you know, is. Basically, when you look up your zodiac, that's basically telling you, you know, it's the astrological sign for the month that you were born. So, you know, that's the traditional Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. And when you look at your sun sign, that's sort of just like your ego or like your will that you put into the world. So, you know, if you're an Aries sun, it means that you're really going to, be really fierce about how you attempt to achieve your goals. And if you have a Taurus sun, you're really going to be very like practical about how you like move towards your goals, you know, or if you're a Gemini, it's going to, you're going to basically find a lot of like your motivation based in the way you express yourself and so forth. Um, Your rising sign to me is probably one of the most important factors of the birth chart. Now, this does require that you know your birth time and location for accuracy. And the birth time can change your whole chart based on, like, a minute. So, you know, it's like every minute counts there's Mm a Robert hand, and, you know, he always says that it's really hard to get an accurate birth time. So we really... It's, like, basically... Unless our mothers or our parents write down the exact time, it's sort of like an approximation because there's a lot going on in the delivery room, basically. No one has like an exact Mm -hmm. to the second. So the birth, so the ascendant is based on your birth time and location. And that's sort of what you show to the world first. So let's just say you are an Aries with a Libra ascendant. You know, people aren't really going to notice, like, that fiery, sparky side of you at first. They're really going to see that, like, diplomatic, you know, chill, like, it's all-get-along type of energy to you when they first talk with you. So the Ascendant is what you show to the world and what the world notices about you first. And that sets off all the houses in your birth chart. The Moon sign is... Traditionally, the relationship with a maternal figure and like our mothers. And that's also the part of ourselves that we can't express to the world. It's our memories. It's our, you know, comfort food. It's where we basically nurture ourselves and others and mm-hmm. basically our emotional sides. So it's sort of like the deep feeling within.
0: So, yeah, I've heard um, moon sign is like how we deal with our emotions in private. Would you say that's accurate?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a part of ourselves that we don't express to others. So it's definitely, you know, sometimes we can do, you know, I have a Sagittarius moon. I always use this example when I explain the moon signs. And I always feel that I'm not doing a justice by not expressing how I feel. But then I never really want to express how I feel. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always kind of am embas- it's like a tug of war in between yeah. myself. So basically, you know, when you deal with your moon sign, it's sort of like, yeah, like to feel understood and to feel comforted and to basically nurture your own feelings. It's what you have to give to the world or give to yourself. Now, sometimes, depending on the house placement, we can express those parts to ourselves, too. So mm-hmm. it becomes like the dichotomy within.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what is um, your sun sign? You said your moon sign, Sagittarius.
1: I'm actually a full moon Sagittarius. So I was born an oh, exact wow. full moon in Sagittarius. So I am a Gemini sun.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm an Aquarius. Sun. <laughs> I'm really close to like a lot of Geminis. Um, that's cool. And so can you explain the houses a little more? I know you talked about that, but I'm not too familiar with what those are.
1: Yeah, sure. I was going to say that, you know, we talk about, like, sun sign myths. Everyone always says that Geminis are crazy, and I'm, like, (laughs) a boring person I know.
0: (laughs) My best friend's a Gemini, and she thinks that, too. She's like, why do they say we're two-faced? Like, she's the nicest person, (laughs) like, the most genuine person.
1: I'm always like, oh, like, I wish in an ideal world that's what (laughs) I would do. Or, you know, I think the other thing is that people always say that. Geminis are liars and I'm like my greatest thrill in life is to you know be real with people and to like tell them Mm -hmm. but I also think that that's also a Sagittarius moon thing and that's also like an air sign thing because you know as an Aquarius I'm sure you relate to this that we feel that like if we express ourselves to people they'll sort of logically it will click with them what they've done wrong and 99% mm-hmm. of the time it's not true <laughs>
0: so yeah and I feel like Aquariuses are known for being like really honest and people joke about Aquarius's being mean when I think I'm a pretty like nice person I'm just very real you know like I don't like to beat around the bush so I definitely get that
1: I always make a joke because People are like, oh, is this person going to ghost me because they're an Aquarius? I'm like, if they're your friends, they'll tell you they don't want to be. It's like I have a Sagittarius moon and I used to tell people I'm I'm like done with the friendship or like I needed a break. But, you know, the past year I've been like, maybe I should just like kind of like separate myself a little. You know what I mean? It It, creates
0: problems. mm -hmm. It's so interesting to me, not even just about astrology but in general like how complex we are and how some people like really appreciate that like I feel like I don't want not just about signs but people who like want that honesty as opposed to maybe someone who's a little more sensitive and they want you know someone to like be a little more like a beat around the bush so I just find that so fascinating and I've I personally found that with signs like I get along really well with those signs I, c- I can communicate like really directly too so that's interesting.
1: Some people can't handle it. It's like Jack Nicholson and a few good men. (laughs) Handle the truth. But also, for me, it's more like I don't fight back. I just only assert myself when I have to protect myself or those I care about. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that, like, the thing about air signs is that, you know, we tend to call a spade a spade for not, like, You know, how like fire signs they can be like really impulsive and like rush through things and then backtrack later on. It's like Mm -hmm. we're just like, No, I've thought about it and this is yeah (laughs) included from like all of the from all of my like evidence and like facts, you know, like Mm -hmm. we'll review the facts a few times and be like, you know, I've looked at it from like a mile away and from up close.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. This
1: is how I feel. And this is the best course of action.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, we do. I feel like, I mean, I can speak for myself that like the air signs, I know we do value that freedom. And <laughs> I think that's something important to like really know what you want and be okay with that. Personally, I don't like to feel too trapped in something. So I don't know if that's an air sign thing to kind of be all over.
1: So like, I feel like we let things go, but you know, sometimes I wish I was more like a Scorpio or like a Cancer and just cut things off right away. that what happens (laughs) is that, you know, like we're like, okay, like I'll let it go this time, you know, or we also do want to like believe in people because we do feel that, you know, like the air signs are a really positive energy, you know? So it's like, you know, we do really want to believe in the best in people. And sometimes we... It's just hard to.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. I was going to say, yeah, I'm a Scorpio rising. So I definitely feel like that comes out sometimes, which I think is a good balance. But, but for someone who um, isn't familiar with the elements, because I know we've been talking about like the air signs, can you explain the four different elements and which ones um, fall into which, please?
1: Sure. I can also discuss the elementals. So we have the fire signs. And the elementals, because I've always been really into this, you know, they're kind of like on the astral plane. They're kind of like the spirits that ignite the element. So the element fire is action. And the signs that rule, are, you know, in the element of fire are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And... The elemental that they are are the salamanders, and you know in the Disney films they're basically the dragons, like the snakes who are like eat the apple, like I'm gonna like put like burn down your forest if you don't do this, you know like the antagonists I guess, and um, they're the ones who basically make us call take a call to action. Then we also have the Earth signs, which are Taurus. Virgo and Capricorn and the earth signs are traditionally you know the busy bees of the zodiac they're the workers the doers they kind of put the the actions of the fire signs into reality so they're always very practical pragmatic very money oriented and the elemental they are are the gnomes So they're in the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They would be the dwarfs, you know. They live Mm -hmm. underground and they're, you know, working hard. Um, The air signs are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. And in the elemental world, they're the fairies. They're sort of like the tricksters of the Zodiac. I hate to say that, but they kind of give people ideas. You know, they're kind Mm -hmm. of like, hey, like, you should like do this. Or, you know, they're also very idealistic. And they're the intellectuals, the thinkers. Their motto is always, I think. And then we also have the water element, which is Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And they're the feelers of the Zodiac. They also always move forward because water always moves. So when we say that, like, water signs are constantly moving and evolving, it's true because they never stop. The tides of the ocean always keep on rolling. And in the elemental world, they're rolled by the undines which are kind of like the merfolk. It would be like the Little Mermaid, you know? Like, I'm Mm lovelorn. I feel for this person. So those are the elements and the elementals. And you also mentioned that you wanted to discuss houses or your ascendant. It's going to be this is me to the world. This is how the world sees me. The second house is going to be childhood friends, money, personal finances, and confidence. The third house is your local community, your siblings, education, gossip, news, travel, all of those fun things, written communication, texting, um, phone calls, letters, news, information. The fourth house is present personal values and our family so you know for some people the fourth house you know is just basically the the ideals that they were brought up with that they hold within you know the fourth house is the house that like we don't really share with other people because it's again a private house so not a lot of people see this so Mm -hmm. it's always really important when we see transits happening here because it means that there's a lot of inner shifts. The house is the house of childhood, creativity, art, bars, recreational sex, casual, casual dating. It's the house of fun and creativity. Mm-hmm. The sixth house is the house of daily routine you know like brushing your teeth waking up for work in time going to the gym um doing laundry doing errands people who work with us and for us like colleagues and you know like if you have a doorman like the uber driver the seventh house is the house of partnerships and Open enemies. Sometimes friends become enemies. So (laughs) when we talk about open enemies, we talk about people who know that we have a problem with them or who we know have a problem with us. Like there's no secret. Like the hate is real and you basically know it. It would be like (laughs) a Mariah and Nikki situation. (laughs) So it also represents the house of partnerships and contracts. And this can be any type of partnership that you give to. Romantic, um, marriage, friendship, even the person you're dating. Um, it also is a house of contracts. This can mean like business contracts or leases, or even contracts you sign to open a checking account. The eighth house is the house of sex, death, and transformation. And when we say sex, it's like basically like sex to procreate. Um, when we say death, it's the house of just evolution, how we evolve, like where we change in life. And when we say taxes, because it's also the house of taxes, it's sort of just like the house where, you know, the creditors come to, you know, or basically if we borrow money from someone, it's a house of debt. The ninth house is the house of higher pursuits and also the house of higher education, education long-distance travel, and church, religion, and publishing. The 10th house is the house of public image. So right here, if we're talking about public image, you know, this includes, like, how people view us on social media, what people think about us who, you know, from, like, a distance, like our reputation. It's also the house of career, and calling um, what we're destined to do in this lifetime where we basically will find resolve in our life's work. The 11th house is the house of humanitarian service and groups and, you know, casual relationships, also classes, hobbies. Um, If we're going to go do like service for others, that would be the 11th house as well. The 12th house is the house of undoing. It's also the house of secret enemies. So, you know, like your of me, who you don't know is a frenemy, you know, or it's also, you know, if you have like some drug problems or alcoholism that haven't really been discussed, that's where you would, you know, really need to focus your energy on. It's the house of imprisonment as well, or self-imprisonment too, and also secrets, that we don't tell other people.
0: That's so interesting. Thank you for explaining all of those because I wasn't that familiar with the houses. So how should people, or how can people know which house to focus on in a certain part of their life? Like how would you know how to do that?
1: I mean, you would have to really look at your chart, cast your chart, which means create your birth chart online. You can go to a place like astro.com or Cafe Astrology and you could look at the transits that are going on currently and you know if depending on what you want to talk about if you're interested in what's going on in your love life then you would look to your fifth house and your seventh house and your ascendant maybe your venus and your moon too to see if you're you know what you're feeling if you're in the mood to go out on a date be romance, or find someone new or work on a relationship you know i would say that you would have to really look at the houses first at the planets in your chart and where the planets fall in your chart and then look at the transits that are going on let's just say that you're having your venus is opposing uranus right right now Obviously, there would be some sort of, you know, big, like, upheaval in your love life, because Venus is the planet of love, and Uranus is the planet of surprises, that you're basically... You know, maybe there are a lot of shakeups and breakups going on in your love life right now. Maybe you meet someone and you fall in love right away.
0: So when it comes to the four elements, which ones would you say are compatible? Because I've heard like you're compatible with signs in your own element or the opposite, like fire and air, water, earth. Um, Can you go like tell us a little more about that? I mean,
1: here's the reality of the situation. I don't believe that any sign is less compatible. I mean, I don't believe in astrological compatibility. Mm -hmm. I think that there are some people who you can look at who have really bad charts together who really stick it out and make it work. And I think that that's more or less basically a modern cultural phenomenon, basically because people really, like, to work on things. We're arguing over this, like, okay, like, you know, we go to therapy, and our therapists are like, you should talk about this, like, discuss how it makes you feel. So I would say that in basically modern society, in our culture, that I would say that astrological compatibility is sort of becoming a thing of the past. That's just my opinion. Now, traditionally... According to older astrologers or past generations of astrology, they have said that air signs get along with fire signs and water and earth signs get along really well together. So that's sort of kind of what they would say. However, there are people who are like, like, I'm a Gemini. My best friend my whole life is a Cancer. We've been best friends since we were three years old, want to, like, kill each other half of the time and because we (laughs) argue a lot because we're very (laughs) different people. But, you know, it's like we always work things out. Does that make sense? Oh, of course. Basically, like, manage to work out our feelings or, you know, traditionally and just for people who don't know. Gemini is an air sign and Cancer is a water sign. And I would say that my mother's a water sign. She's a Pisces, and I'm an air sign. I'm a Gemini. So there are times where these two signs wouldn't be traditionally compatible if we're going by, you know, like traditional, like elements, compatible, elemental compatibility. But we do get along because I understand where she's coming from. And a lot of this basically depends on like if you're an evolved person or not, you know?
0: Yes, definitely. We're
1: basically playing into whether or not like the person is an evolved, you know, Pisces or an evolved Aquarius like you are or an evolved Gemini. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you. And yeah, can you talk about like what your thoughts on what it means like not even just about zodiac but like to be more evolved when it comes to your sign i guess
1: i mean you're an aquarius so i'll drag you for a minute if you <laughs> oh please do <laughs> aquarius is traditionally you know they can be a little bit like aloof and really distant mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically you know the evolved way of looking at it is just like well like i'm just trying to understand like This situation and trying to see if Mm. it works for me. And I think that basically, you know, using your intellectual abilities to decipher whether a situation is working for you or not is basically being evolved, completely Mm -hmm. distant and sort of like ghosting, like we were talking about before, sort of like a lesser evolved form of Aquarius, you know. So saying to someone, this isn't working for me versus ghosting them would be aquarius is you know low and high vibe living in a fantasy and the high vibe would be like putting that those dreams to paper and like creating a beautiful picture or basically a song you know or anything creative or artistic
0: I definitely agree with the whole like being evolved just in general and with your sign because i think it all goes down like it all comes down to self-awareness if you'd agree just in general as a person with your sign like it's so easy to say like this is who i am and fall into that trap of thinking you're completely defined by your chart and as much as i love astrology and i i joke about you know i joke about a lot with my friends like oh i wouldn't get along with this person or whatever but i really do believe that we can get along with anyone and that it's it's all fun and as long as you're self-aware and willing to put in the work and you know see someone as a whole as a complex human being with like experiences and things that have happened in their lives as well I think that's what matters and so would you agree that it all comes down to self-awareness?
1: So I would say that in life everything comes down to self-awareness and it comes down to how evolved we are as people because I think that there always is going to be a low and high vibe that we can find or, you know, the wrong or the right path that we can choose. So it's just about being in tune with, like, the rhythms of, like, you know, the universe and ourselves to make the right decisions. And all astrology can really tell us is the timing that we're kind of in the mood to do things. So, you know, it's going to basically... Tell us if we're in the mood to find love, if love is coming our way, you know, but we also have to do the work too. We can't just sit at home and wait for like Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright or anyone to come knocking on our door because that just never happens except for in a rom com. So, you know, as long as we do the work, we can make anything happen. And as long as we're self aware, we can basically use the most out of these transits and aspects.
0: Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Like we can't just read a horoscope that says we're going to have career success or work success and then just sit at home and wait. Like (laughs) we have to put in the work. And I think, you know, obviously reading that is really helpful and it puts that in our head. And I think that helps us like attract it. But at the end of the day, we really, you know, need to put in the work and do that ourselves. And so why do you think so many people are skeptical about astrology because at least for someone looking from the outside, it's easy to see you, for example, as an astrologer or anyone else and think, oh, like you have extreme views. You assume like only these people get along. And I understand like why people may think that because that's such an old school like mindset. But when it comes to like present day astrology and obviously not only depending on that like why do you think so many people are skeptical about it and so against it when it's been around for so long
1: um I don't think that a lot of people are skeptical um I think that I think that people are just afraid of like the unknown and they're afraid of things that they can't understand so I think that when we're dealing with stuff like magic and tarot and astrology we're dealing with things that you know there's no reason behind it like to me there's a reason and to a lot of practitioners there is reason but to a lot of other people who you know aren't really invested in these arts you know and sciences that you know, they're just a little bit skeptical because there is a fear attached with like the unknown and not understanding. And if people open their minds a little bit, they would see that like a lot of things, you know, magic is real. Astrology is real. You know, tarot is real. But I also think that there are a lot of people who exploit that as well. And that's where it gets a bad reputation. People who, you know, exploit, you know, others and basically are just trying to, you know, make money and don't really know what they're doing. So, you know, I think that that's one of the things that basically makes people skeptical of astrology.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Um I I was watching the show Explained on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. And um, yeah, and every episode is on a different topic. And they basically just go into the history of it. And they talked about astrology and um, Babylon and the whole history behind it. And it's just, it's so fascinating how it wasn't, you know, defined as a science because it wasn't so factual. And it's like you said, there's so much of the unknown that we don't know about it and so i just find that fascinating and i I agree that like you have to be open to it like you said like it can be very extreme and i think it can get a bad rep but if people are open-minded and realize that there's so many accurate parts to it that really fit our lives then i think more people would understand and so as an astrologer what parts of the birth chart do you think people should focus on the most
1: I mean, I think that you should focus on your ascendant the most, basically, so you can understand, you know, like your place in the world, who you are, how you relate to the world. But as an astrologer, I'm just going to say that no one wants to know about that. I can say that, you know, the majority of requests I get are about love and other people and, you know, relationships which is totally fine you know I love love who doesn't love love once again (laughs) love is something else that you know is unknown you know Mm -hmm. so a lot of people want to know about love before they ask about themselves I would say that focusing on your ascendant you know even like your fourth house and your tenth house like your place in this world and Your personal views is something really important. Lately, I've been getting more people focusing on those type of questions because I think that, you know, it's been a little bit of a hard year so far, even though it just started. And Mm -hmm. people really just want to bring the focus back
0: to them. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And have you studied like mercury retrograde and that kind of stuff like i'm really curious as to your thoughts on mercury retrograde you know everyone's like it's happening like everything's going wrong have you studied that
1: i mean of course can you imagine being a gemini and before entering, during you know like right before mercury turns retrograde <laughs> so it's a lot because mercury rules gemini and virgo so for people You know, like me, it becomes sort of like a time where you're in information overload all the time. There is a beauty in retrogrades, which a colleague of mine, Danny Larkin, once told me. And I always remembered what he said because it was so beautiful that we really shouldn't fear the retrogrades. And a lot of what goes down is a result of our fear. You know, all Mercury is doing is just slowing down a little bit you know, so it's giving us a time to reflect. And that time of reflection, it just means that like, you know, we're rethinking things, we're basically reanalyzing things that we've done, you know, situations come back, but need a little bit of fine tuning. You know, exes can come back who really want to have the last word it's really interesting how there's basically a fine tuning that's involved in the retrogrades and also a little bit of intuitiveness and psychic realizations as well
0: Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of people from what i've heard they say like don't make intense big decisions during retrograde and um yeah can you just explain a little more of like what you have to live your life Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> a lot
1: of astrologers who say, like, don't, like, do this or don't do that. It's like, okay, like, you just need to, like, we need to just find the best day to do the what you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like life has to go on, you know? Like, life can't stop because there's a full moon or there's a retrograde. Like, you know, you can't skip out on a date. You can't, you know, pass on a major opportunity because it's retrograde. Sometimes when you get opportunities because they're retrograde, it means that the position may change or what's expected of you may change down the road. Sometimes it may not. Sometimes this is like your one in a lifetime chance, you know. Sometimes this opportunity came back to you. There are so many different reasons. And personally, I would say that retrogrades are just really a time of like redefining and retuning. I don't really think that, you know, it's like whatever is going to happen is destined to happen anyway. I'm one of those believers Mm -hmm. who can just keep on trying. But, you know, retrogrades also are a really great time to not really take on a lot of, like, intense intellectual work, you know. Give your mind a break. Go back on something else you were working for and make that work for you you know, some people really allow people to fear the retrogrades. And I always like don't fear the retrogrades, you know, like don't fear the Reaper, it's gonna happen. And, you know, everything works out the way that it should, and sometimes even better.
0: I agree. And I think a lot of people just psych themselves out. (laughs) And we read things online. And so I, I, I agree with you. And I really like that we're having this type of conversation, because You know it's you're not just like oh this is how everything is with astrology and be scared like don't do this only date these kinds of people or people from this sign like you're very real about it and i appreciate that because i feel like a lot more people can be open to it if you are in that sense and so i'm curious as to like horoscopes you write how often should people like look at horoscopes and read more about their birth chart like i know people do it every day they have these apps like what would you recommend like how to connect with yourself
1: I write daily and weekly horoscopes so Mm -hmm. I used to write monthly horoscopes so I would say that like I would say you know every day I mean I I kind of know what's going on because I write the daily horoscopes so sometimes I'm like this is going to be a day that's going to give me a really big migraine you know or like to a fight with this person like I can't I'm just not going to talk to people you know But it's also, you know, having that foresight can really help you use, like we said, the transits in a higher (laughs) level. So if I know that there's going – today is going to be, like, a a Venus-Neptune conjunction, it's like, you know, it's maybe it's a day where I should just, like, laze about, you know, and, like, lay in bed and watch TV and would be in the mood to just have, like, a relaxing evening at home. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, like, this gets into – you know, basically knowing the daily vibe, you know, if you know that there's going to be like a moon, Mars, Pluto conjunction, it's like maybe I shouldn't respond to this person who's like sending me a lot of like hate or like maybe I should avoid this confrontation, you know. So it's really just, you know, understanding like the energies that are happening during the day for you so that you really know how to navigate through the vibe.
0: I agree, like it's all about, you know, reflecting and just like we said, being self-aware. And so this whole show overall is about living your most authentic life and that obviously can mean something different to everyone but I really do believe that it comes down to listening to yourself, being aware, um, being accountable for your actions and really just being the best person you can be. I wanna ask you what living your most authentic life means to you. For me, um,
1: you know, I would just say, You know, a lot of people are always going to throw hate at you. And a lot of people are going to make up scenarios in their head. And, you know, as a public figure, even if you have, like, 100 followers on Instagram or even if you have, like, millions of followers on Instagram, there are always going to be a lot of eyes on you. And sometimes you can feel the energy. You know, people watching you, people criticizing you, you know um people trolling you, which is what we were talking about during our little break before. Um, <laughs> and living your most authentic life is just knowing who you are, you know at the core and not letting other people basically, you know, their energy like coming onto you. you know, knowing that mm-hmm. you know people can say this, people will always talk, you know. People are always going to want things that you have and you'll always want things that people have. It's just about being true to yourself and living, knowing that every day that you're being true to yourself and that you're speaking your truth and you're doing the best that you can. Some days are better than others. Some days, like, I fall victim to, like, arguing with people and I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. Like, that was stupid of me. But also, like, being gentle on yourself and knowing that, you're learning too. And accepting the fact that no one's perfect. And that every day is a new adventure. And just because today was bad doesn't mean tomorrow is going to be the same. So I would say it's, you know, a lot of embracing my Sagittarius moon optimism into life, live and let live type of energy.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. And I completely agree. I think One reason I love astrology is because it gives you, it lets you be more empathic too, even if you don't believe everything you read, but just like seeing someone as a whole and understanding that, okay, they may be going through a hard time right now or they're affected by this and realizing that not everything's about you or it's not personal. And so I'm a big fan of astrology and I feel like I have a very similar mindset as to you as, you know, seeing it for what it is and yourself, but not like completely letting it define your life and so I want to ask you now where can listeners give you a follow and what's coming up next with you and your work
1: sure um, you can find me on Instagram at Lisa Stardust Astro you can find me on Twitter at Lisa Stardust underscore you can find me on Facebook at Lisa Stardust and my website Lisa Stardust com and Basically, you know, I mean, 2020 just started. I have a lot of exciting projects in the works that I'm going to be announcing soon. And I'm just really excited to head on into 2020, even though it's going to be full of retrogrades, like we said, and full of
0: eclipses. Everyone's like, oh no.
1: <laughs> and full of, and full of like lots of like, Things that will basically make us reflect and really, like we said, force us to live our best and most authentic lives.
0: I love that. And so I want to thank you again for what you're doing. Like I know you, I'm sure you get trolls and haters. Everyone does for being real, for being yourself and for putting yourself out there. And I just want to say that that really takes a lot of courage. So keep doing you. I love your content and I know a lot of people do. So thank you. Thank you. So as you can tell, there are so many different components that go into astrology. There's a whole history on it that we didn't even go into. I hope you were able to take something away from this if you've been interested in learning more. I think Lisa is very knowledgeable on this topic and I really had a great time speaking with her and I just felt like I was talking to one of my girlfriends at dinner. Once again, like even Lisa says, I don't depend on it <laughs> At all. You know, I live my life. I realize that we're all human beings. We're all people who've had different experiences growing up, and we're shaped by so many different aspects of our lives. So I hope you can take this episode as a fun, as more lighthearted. And, you know, I hope you were able to keep an open mind and enjoy this topic. There's so much that actually goes into it with the alignment of the stars and. Although it's not a science necessarily, it's something you can believe in. It's a form of spirituality, I'd say. I'm always interested in learning more and understanding people. And I think, you know, I'm going to be honest, I've seen many components of the zodiac being very accurate with people in my life. And, you know, you can say, well, you search for those qualities. And of course, that's true. But if it's something you see as fun and it helps you out, but, you know, you don't depend on it, obviously, then why not? It doesn't hurt. So I'm always one to share those Aquarius memes and to share memes with other people. And I'm definitely interested in learning more. So I'm definitely a fan of following Lisa. If you'd like to follow Lisa as well, you can at Lisa Stardust Astro, and that's on Instagram. And her Twitter is at Lisa Stardust underscore. You can also visit her website, lisastardust.com. And all that info will be in the description of this episode along with the Instagram for this podcast, which is at trustandthrive and my personal Instagram at tara.mont. So let me know what you've thought about this episode and I can't wait to share the next one. And like she said, if you don't know your birth chart, I'll leave a link in the description of the episode where you can put your information of where you were born, the time, which is really important. And you can figure out your birth chart and learn more. So feel free to share it with me. I'd love to know. And with that said, I hope you have a wonderful week. And I will catch you all next Thrive Thursday.